1 John chapter 3. If you can stand with me, would you stand out of respect to God's word? 1 John chapter 3. Uh, find verse 23 uh, and verse 24. The Bible says this, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as he gave us commandment. Verse 24, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. Now, you've got to pay attention and think. There's a lot of pronouns here. Verse 24 again, it says, And he, that's the Christian, that keepeth his commandments, God the Father's commandments, dwelleth in him, dwelleth in God. And then it says, And he, God, in him, the Christian, the believer. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. The title of the message this evening is Channels Only. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you would work through us and, uh, Lord, certainly teach us tonight. Lord, definitely, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. I need you so desperately. Lord, I ask that your life would flow through me as uh, this message is just simply preached and practically given. Lord, I pray that you'd hit home and help us. And, Lord, change our hearts and our lives that only what you can do through your word. And I give you all the... Praise and the glory. I pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I get to oftentimes see a lot of horses um, being ridden or wrangled or moved uh, at the ministry called the Bill Rice Ranch that I get to go and I preach at uh, in the summertime. And I was able to, one particular morning, get out my iPhone and get them moving the horses, about 40, 45 horses, and full gallop. And uh, moving them from one pasture uh, across the road, and uh, not a busy road, obviously, just a road on the ranch, and then to another pasture. And I set it up so I could be able to get the slow-mo, and it really turned out really neat. They came barreling across. I could hear the whistles and everything from the head wrangler, the cowboy. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's getting them going, and here they come. You can hear them. And with just incredible power and muscles, they go. Oh, through the first open gate, go across the road. The road is barricaded. It had a truck on one side, you know. The gate's on the other, uh, opened up. Goes through the second gate into the other pasture. And I realized something. In order to make that process take place of moving the horses from one pasture to another, both gates have to be open. If one gate was open... They would just come in and they would just bottleneck right there in the road and run into the other gate, run into the cowboys, run into the truck, whatever else, and have chaos. If yet the second gate is open and, uh, and it's free to go into the second pasture, but the first gate is blocking them, they never can even get across to begin with. Both gates have to be open to channel the horses from one pasture to another. As I was experiencing growth in the Christian life and the spirit-filled life and really personal revival in a great way, one day I had this thought and this question in my mind. Yes, I've been experiencing the spirit-filled life and great victory, but can I experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit filling me, empowering me every single day? How can I have that constant manifestation of God, his life in me, and then through me towards others. 
And the answer is we are channels only that have to keep both gates open. And as we look tonight at these verses, we're going to see to be a constant channel of the Holy Spirit in and through us, we must keep two gates open, one toward God and one toward others. Let's talk about these two gates and see what they are. First of all, look if you would at verse 24. It says this, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. Now notice the word dwelleth. And he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us. Notice the, the word abideth. The word dwelleth and abideth are the same word. So we could say, and it would be accurate, be fine, and he that keepeth his commandments abideth in him. He dwells, he abides, he remains, he stays in him. And hereby we know that he abideth, or he dwelleth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. There is a possibility of having the constant manifestation, the constant, definite, obvious revealing of God's life in us. How is that possible? Well, look, if you would, at verse 24, it says, He that keepeth his commandments. You say, oh, then that's easy. All I have to do is keep all the commandments God gives us. <laughs> How easy is that? <laughs> We're not just talking about ten. We're talking about hundreds throughout all of Scripture. How are you going to remember all those commandments, let alone keep all those commandments, to have a constant, definite, clear living out of God's life through you, being filled with the Spirit, having Him living and flowing through you. But I love this, because God makes it simple for us. He says, okay, not all the commandments, but I'll give you two. Look, if you would, in context, in verse 23. And this is His commandment. Watch this, twofold. That we should, number one, believe on the name of the Son, of His Son, Jesus Christ. Number two, and love one another as he gave us commandments. I like that. Two commandments. Here are the two gates. One is believing. This is going to be our gate towards God. Believing in the name of the Son of God. That is not simply believing on Jesus Christ to be your Savior. It's much more than that. The second is going to be towards others. What is the first one? The gate toward God is this, that we need to leave open. It is the matter of abiding. Notice in context again, verse 24, he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth or abideth in him. Uh, in 1 John chapter 2, it mentions in verse 24, abiding in him. Uh, in the matter, last part of verse 27, uh, ye shall abide in him. Verse 28, and now little children abide in him. What is this abiding in him? Well, let's go back to John uh, chapter 15. John chapter 15, and uh, let's turn there and be able to see and explore what this abiding is all about. John chapter 15, and find verse 4 and 5. John chapter 15. Now this is amazing. Here is the apostle John, and he's used uh, to be able to write these, and there's a great connection uh, as we look back and forth uh, to these different passages. John chapter 15, look if you would at verses 4 and 5. The gate toward God is abiding, but what is this abiding? Uh, it mentions in verse 24 of 1 John 3 that we just left, uh, believing on or in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. 
Abiding is a decision of faith. Abiding is a decision of faith. And it's illustrated with the vine and the branches of, uh, and abiding in verse 4 and 5. John 15, 4 and 5. You have it? It says this. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Look at verse 6. Um, and, in fact, I'm sorry, look back at verse 5. I, 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 did I read verse 5? Uh, I did. I read verse 5. I was supposed to read verse 4. Okay, if I could get my eyeballs um, straight. Um, my eyes are actually going. I left my reading glasses because I'm too proud to use them. I admit it right now. <laughs> look at verse 4. It says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. What is this abiding? The basic definition of abiding is to remain, to stay, okay? If um, someone invites me over to their house and says, hey, can you come over for a meal? I don't go to the doorway of their house and say, oh, it was great to be able to come over and then turn and leave. No, I go into the house and I stay there. I remain there through the duration of the meal. And brother, I did it again. I knocked the thing off. Here it goes. Here it goes. It's going back on. Back on. We're having technical difficulties with our evangelist tonight. Please bear with us. Uh, so uh, abiding does mean to remain. Okay, with that, but what we're going to see is this. That decision to remain, to say, is a decision of faith. It is depending on or relying upon something. It's the matter of resting. I could go sit down on a chair and I could rest in that chair to hold me up. What is taking place when the branch is connected and remains connected to the vine? It is resting in that vine. Now this morning, I, I on purpose preached on the matter of recognizing and acknowledging our weakness. Look if you would at John chapter 15, look at verse 5 again. It says, I am the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Read the last part with me. Ready? Let's read it. For without me, ye can do nothing. Nothing. Not one thing. Uh, Romans chapter 7, it says, in me dwelleth no good thing. So we need to acknowledge the branch. That's you and me. By ourselves, we're dead and worthless. We can do nothing. The vine has the source of life. It has all the nutrients, all the energy. I need to stay connected. Why does that decision of the branch staying connected or abiding in the vine? It's faith. It is resting in the vine. Andrew Murray put it this way. Uh, he, he used an illustration uh, uh, in his book, uh, Abiding in Christ, I believe it is. And uh, he uh, talks about uh, a vineyard by the Thames River. And while other vineyards were failing, this one was thriving. But it was still some hundred plus feet from the river. And they did some research and the root system actually traveled that huge distance over close to the marshy, moist soil of that near that river to be able to bring all the nutrients. Bring it all the way, several, so many feet, all the way through that soil, up through the branches, and then to the leaves. Now, the whole time, what were those branches doing? They're just resting. 
The vine and the root system was doing all the work. Folks, what we need to see is if I'm really going to see me being filled with the Spirit, of Christ living in me, of God in me, I need to be connected to my source. The gate toward God has to be open. That gate is the decision of abiding, of faith, depending upon God as my source and my strength. But this idea is continual dependence upon our source. The branch doesn't connect for like an hour a day and then disconnects and it's independent and it's walking around your yard. That would be very awkward. (laughs) Your branch, if it's disconnected from your tree, dies. It has to stay continually dependent upon that. That teaches us the next lesson. We are never independently resourceful. We, we talk about going to a conference and getting our batteries charged up. That's a wrong concept. That is a wrong idea. We don't have a battery inside spiritually, like a, my phone or my, my tablet, my device. And I plug it in. It's right now at 54, just changed, 53%. <laughs> it's going down. But you know what? It's not connected to any source. It's going independently off the battery because it's been charged up. You and I don't have an internal spiritual battery. We constantly need to be plugged in to the electrical source. We continually need to be uh, connected, if you will, to that source. Again, I, I go back to the, uh, the idea. I, I, was, I was really starting to see some great victory in my life. And uh, God changed me. I was getting victory over sin I thought I never could get victory over. God was helping me, growing me. Perfect? No, but growing and again, I, I came to this place, I said, Lord, I know I've been filled with the Spirit. I know you've been using me, but can I really be filled with the fullness of the Spirit every day? Um, for our 20th anniversary, Sherry and I were able to go to Niagara Falls. We came, uh, uh, we were just a great distance away from Niagara Falls. I'm driving up and I see some mist and such. I thought, well, maybe there's some factories. That wasn't factories, that was Niagara Falls, just the mist coming up. We stopped on the New York side and saw um, uh, the American Falls and Bridalvale Falls and just took some pictures and got a little wet from the moisture and such. And, and then we said, okay, well, let's go the, to the Canadian side. We had a room over there. We heard the views better. And so we went over to the Canadian side, stayed in the room. The next day we got up and we went over and we saw the Horseshoe Falls. We even ate, ate at a restaurant. We could see the view there. It's just absolutely gorgeous to be able to see Niagara Falls, to feel that power. You know, I, I thought... Um, uh, we were taking a tour also. We took a tour under Horseshoe Falls. You go in a tunnel underneath where they take you down the elevator, you know, and uh, there's a worker there and tells you where to walk and where to go. And she's explaining different things like there used to be another tunnel here. The old tunnel caved in. <laughs> Thank you very much for TMI. <laughs> Too much information here. And uh, she said, but walk this way to the new tunnel. Okay. <laughs> you know? And so I go to the new tunnel. And we, there's sections that's cut out, you know, in the concrete, big square. And from like here to the front row. And, and it's just downpour. You, you're coming behind the, the, uh, the falls. And you can take the tour. And then you end out of the platform. You got to put on the ponchos because you're getting so wet. And you hear, the, hear it. And man, you can feel the power. And you're getting constant drifts of the, the wind bringing the moisture to you. And I thought, 
wouldn't that be neat to be able to fill up my water bottle, you know, from Niagara Falls, you know? And uh, I had actually, I had been running along the Niagara Falls, and, and I thought, that, wouldn't that be neat to fill up my water bottle? No. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I thought, you know, I'm here on the platform. Well, why not? You know, get a little closer and a little closer and a little closer. Do you think if I was in the tunnel, perhaps I could just kind of hop over the railing, make sure nobody's looking, I could reach out? Do you think there'd be enough water to fill up my water bottle? I think there might be. <laughs> At the height of Niagara Falls and the height of the season, Bridal Veil Falls and American Falls have 150,000 gallons of water that dump over it. That's nothing compared to Horseshoe Falls. Horseshoe Falls has 600,000 gallons of water dumping over it every day. No. Every hour? No. Every minute? No. Every single second. Combined total and the height. 750,000 gallons of water every second. Do you think I could fill up my water bottle? Stick out my arm? Boom. No more water bottle. No more arm. <laughs> it's all gone. Yeah, there's enough to fill up my water bottle. But then again, I thought, that's an inadequate illustration. I, again, I don't have the capacity to say, okay, I'm going to fill up my water bottle, take a drink. Oh, I keep drinking. Oh, it's empty now. I need to go back to my source and fill it up again. No. We're not water bottles. We are water hoses. <laughs> This one was ran over by a church bus at a church a few weeks ago. <laughs> Why don't we have any water? <laughs> well, uh, we got crushed. <laughs> you know what? We had no water for a few hours until we got another hose and got it reconnected, got it all fixed. But we are a water hose that's connected to the source and then... We're a channel in which God's life can flow, never independent from him, always constantly abiding in him. Some of you are going, man, why, why is it so dry? Now, would any of you take your water hose and go try to water your garden in the summer without it being turned on? Out there, waving to your neighbors. Your neighbors are going, <laughs> no. You, you'd immediately say, something's wrong. Well, I'm dry. There's nothing coming out. I'm empty. Some of you, your Christian life has been very empty. How do you get victory over sin? How are we going to have help with this? My love for God and, and for his word. Just things are so dry. Things are so empty. Something's happened to can disconnect you from the source. The first gate is toward God, and it's abiding. That is depending upon him to allow his life to flow through us. But it doesn't stop there. I was seeing victory in my life. I was seeing bad habits broken, victory over sin, continue to see growth. And then I thought this, I thought the Christ life, the spirit-filled life would be so wonderful if there were no people involved. 
ministry would be a lot better without you folks, let me tell you. It would be so much easier. Pastors can't say that, evangelists can. <laughs> then I realized something. The same Lord Jesus Christ that says, abide in me and I in you, was the same one that was on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not know what to do. they do. He was the one that showed constant love toward others. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, find verse 23 again. We see the first gate is toward God. That is abiding, depending upon him. Here's the second gate, it's towards others. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23, it says this. You have it, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. That is faith abiding in Christ. And then it says, and love one another as he gave his commandments. The second gate is towards others. It's loving. The first gate is abiding. The second gate is loving towards others. God never intended you to fill you in order for you just to hog his life and his supply and his source of energy, strength, and grace for yourself. You are to be a channel of God's love towards other people. This is a decision of doing what is right. Romans chapter 13, it says, love, let love be without dissimulation and and it, and it continues to explain that love is the fulfilling of the law. You say, well, that's kind of weird. Love is the fulfilling of the law. That doesn't sound ooey-gooey. That doesn't sound emotional. One teenager was asked, one time a girl was asked, uh, what is love? She said, love is the feeling you feel when you've never felt that feeling before. <laughs> I think it was emotions that she was trying to convey. <laughs> that's not love. Love is doing what's right towards others by obeying what God's word says. Love is not a feeling. It's a decision to say, dear God, I'm going to do what's right toward that other person. But this is a continual, this is a decision in a continual flow of the life of God to love others. Look at 1 John chapter 4 and look at verse 7. 1 John 4 verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent not only his, his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him, here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. Verse 14, and we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall con, uh, confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in him. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. Here it is again, God is love. And he that dwelleth in God, love, dwelleth in God, and God in him. 
There is a constant flow that is available for, for us from God through us to others. And that is God's love to others. It is literally God himself being demonstrated, lived and manifested through your life to others. Through love. God is love. Now, it doesn't say love is God, so that you can't say that's all-inclusive. That's all of what God is, but God is love. So that means this. He's the source of my love. And that means this. I cannot have true love, agape love, towards someone else apart from God. I have to be connected to my source to be a channel and then allow him to flow through me to love others. When we are loving, we're literally experiencing the very life of God through us. Um, giving sacrificially, being patient to those who get on your nerves. Oh, Brother Miller, no, not me. Not with, not, you just went through Thanksgiving time. You just saw extended family that you normally don't see. Those that can get on your nerves. <laughs> Those that are imperfect. You know, family's family. You say, oh man, <laughs> you don't know my family. Well, let me tell you, you don't know my family. <laughs> Nobody knows each other's family. But we're imperfect people, aren't we? Were you patient with your family? Are you long-suffering? Charity is patient. It's kind. Kindness to others. Kindness to others who aren't even doing what's right. Ones that aren't living for the Lord. It's granting forgiveness to others when they've hurt you. And you have every human justification to say, there's no way I can forgive. Would you see tonight that you need to be connected to both sides? David, can you help me out? Here's the birthday boy, David. Up here is a, a drop cord. And I asked David to, uh, if you would just bring the drop cord with me, to me real quick, if you would. Here's the drop cord. Oh, and, uh, and so we have the drop cord. It's an electrical cord, right? What, what good is it doing right now? Well, none. None. Um, now, there's a power source over there, and you can go ahead and take the whole thing, okay? And go, go plug it into the wall, and, and if you would, bring it back over here. The drop cord has to, obviously, be able to have electricity. It has to have a source. It has to have a, a power source. So it's plugged into the wall to the electrical source. As he then brings it, it's amazing how long this thing is. It's about a 100-foot cord, and uh, it can come all the way over here, and it's full at this point of power, of electricity. It is able and is ready to be able to do its job. Thank you, David, very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, are you ready to be impressed? My drop cord. you see it? <laughs> what good is it doing now? It was never intended to simply be plugged in. Look at all the power in that. 
look at all that. Like, wow. You have to have an appliance, a tool at the other end. You were not made to live your life for yourself, but to be a channel of God's love to other people. Would you tonight say, dear God, I'm lacking the power. I'm not even plugged in on that end. Nor am I plugged into a power source, I mean, that outflow on this end to really empower other people to flow through them, flow through me to them. Jesus said this in John 7, 37. It was at the Feast of Tabernacles. It's the last day, and it was typical for the priest to take a golden pitcher, to dip it in the pool of Siloam, to make a procession to the temple and a people following, singing a hymn, a psalm. Then at the temple, they pour out that water. It was at the last day of the feast, Jesus stood and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit. The Spirit of God that would come and indwell in you to be able to live through you and to help others. Let me ask tonight, are you constantly, continually abiding in Him? Every day, Lord, I'm making a conscious decision. A lot of times it's every hour. It's moment by moment. I'm constantly in need of dependent upon you. One thing that will help you is to recognize his presence in you. He's indwelling you. Are you dependent upon the power source that's always available to you? But how have you been doing towards others? Are you loving others like you ought to? Being patient, kind, sacrificial, loving. Are you flying off the handle, getting irritated? Would you say, dear God, I need to experience your love because right now, and I'm dry, and I'm empty. I'm just simply a channel. God, would you fill me? I need to open up the gate towards you, God. I'm going to abide in you. I want to open the gate towards others, and I want to love them. Would you do it through me? Would you obey God tonight? Heavenly